Today's Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning in the 10th verse. Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Shabbat Shalom! It's the phrase that echoes out through the streets every Saturday in Jerusalem. While visiting Israel during seminary, I had the experience, the chance to experience the Sabbath in many unexpected and powerful ways. In addition to attending Sabbath worship services, I, the stranger and outsider, was an honored guest in a Jewish home for an evening. The four-course dinner meal had been prepared in advance so that the family could focus on being fully present and sharing meaningful conversation with us as we enjoyed a leisurely dinner together. Their young children delighted in singing and playing instruments for us and told us all about all they were learning in school. And for a few hours among complete strangers in a foreign land, I was home. I was surrounded by family. I felt I belonged. I had just a little taste of heaven. My time in Israel taught me that the Sabbath is not just about rest or refraining from work, but that it's a day for being mindful of our relationships with others, a time to play and have fun. And it's a reminder that our well-being is interdependent with the well-being of others and the healing of the world. The Sabbath is an opportunity to practice and celebrate that true shalom which characterizes the kingdom of heaven and which God desires for all of us to experience in our everyday lives, even now. Such shalom is the experience of wholeness and well-being. It is about the integration of body, mind, and soul. And it's about being in right relationship with God and oneself and with others. In his book on the Sabbath, Orthodox Rabbi Pinkas Peli emphasizes that the Sabbath is also about liberation and economic and social justice. 
We honor and keep the Sabbath as a way of remembering how God delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt into freedom in the Promised Land, and how God continues to be at work in our lives, delivering us from oppression. As Exodus 20 says, 20 verse 10 says, but this day, seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. The Sabbath is for women and children, not just the men. The Sabbath is for servants and slaves, not just the master. And yes, even the work animal and the foreigner are included in God's Sabbath rest. Sabbath shalom is God's response to the storm of oppression. Listen to Jesus' own words as he began his ministry as told in Luke's Gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release for the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So it is no coincidence that today's story, like so many other stories of liberation and healing, takes place on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, Jesus was in the synagogue teaching. A woman was there who had been oppressed by a spirit of infirmity, and she had been bent over for 18 long years. She could no longer stand up straight. She was forced to look at the ground in front of her, and she had to twist and crane her neck just to acknowledge anyone who was speaking to her. Of course, her bentness went beyond her physical ailment. Like so many of us, likes hardships and struggles also weighed her down. Like many women, she was bent by the assumptions about male superiority in her community, her own feelings of unworthiness, and she bears the unconscious weight of generations of female guilt and shame. Like oppressed people the world over, she has been so long overlooked and disregarded and uncared for that she has learned to remain silent and invisible. Like many who are depressed, she struggled to find hope and meaning for her life. Unfortunately, the storms of oppression rage on. Such conditions and narratives continue to define and limit our self-worth and our relationships with one another. The image of the bent-over woman powerfully expresses what it's like to be a victim of oppression in any of its forms, be it physical, spiritual, emotional, social, racial, economic, political. What storms of oppression are you battling today? What physical, emotional, or spiritual ailments keep you bound and bent over? Who or what silences you 
or prevents you from standing tall and living fully? In what ways are you burdened or weighed down by the rules and expectations or the judgments of others? Do you struggle with doubts about your human worth and dignity? Unlike other healing stories in the Gospels, however, this woman did not speak or cry out. She didn't crawl through the crowd in order to grab a hold of Jesus' garments. She didn't beg to be healed. In fact, Luke makes clear that this woman did nothing to draw attention to herself or to seek God's blessing. But Jesus notices her, hiding on the edge of that crowd. Jesus sees her. And he stops what he is doing and he calls her to him. Although many paintings portray this image and Jesus standing tall and proud in white glory gowns, assuming kind of a position of power and reaching out to touch the woman on the shoulder. I imagine instead that this Jesus who sits and eats with sinners and calls the children to him, bends over and crouches so that he can look that woman in the face. As he looks at her and he touches her shoulder, lovingly and says, woman, you are free from your ailments. What healing and shalom are you aching for silently today? Imagine Jesus coming to you to offer liberation and healing from all that binds you and prevents you from experiencing God's Sabbath shalom. As he speaks directly to you and anyone who listen, hear Jesus say, you are a beloved child of God. You are set free. Be healed and stand tall. Go and live. For the first time in 18 years, this woman stood tall and straight and proud, pain-free and beaming in wonder and joy. She began to praise God. And even though we don't know what the rest of her life held, for that moment she experienced shalom. But of course, this woman's story is not the only story in this tale. There are others present. And the Sabbath shalom brought about by Christ challenges us to find ourselves also in the place of the synagogue leader. This man is not an inherently bad or evil person. He's a Jew, one of God's chosen people. He's a student of Torah and someone who is trying hard to live faithfully as a man of God and a leader in his community. Yet somehow in all of his attempts at religion and faithfulness, he had either forgotten or missed the point. He had begun to love the law more than loving others. And because he didn't share in this woman's circumstances, he didn't understand and was indifferent to her need. He saw no urgency for help. Eighteen years she had been a part of his congregation. 
Jesus' actions, however, upset this synagogue leader, and yet he directs his anger and fear towards the woman. The one who bent over for 18 years, who's finally been healed, and he ridicules her rather than rejoicing with her. This man stands in for all who have put legalism over compassion and justice, for all who have grown complacent and indifferent to suffering. Yes, Jesus' harsh criticism rings out across the room of gathered faithful. You hypocrites! You untie even an ox or a donkey and lead it to water and care for it on the Sabbath. For 18 long years, this daughter of Abraham was bound. Should she not also be set free this day? Jesus reminds them and us that such freedom from oppression is precisely what Sabbath shalom is all about. It's why he says elsewhere that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not about rules and laws and obedience. It's not about being made pure and holy and righteous. Rather, the Sabbath is about compassion and justice, freedom and healing, wholeness and well-being. It's not just for those in power, and it's not just for those who rest confident in their faith. Sabbath shalom is God's wish and gift for all Jesus' frustrations and complaints against the religious leaders of his day were echoed again in 1963 by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. In his famous letter from a Birmingham jail, King was responding to those among his fellow white clergymen who criticized and attempted to shut down the nonviolent demonstrations being held across the South. Dr. King wrote, quote, for years now I have heard the word wait. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see that justice too long delayed is justice denied. It continues later that he had hoped to have the support of the white church, but that instead, quote, too many have been more cautious than courageous and have remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. Ouch. Sadly, the storm of oppression rages on. During this Lenten season, can we allow these texts to pierce our hearts and challenge any religious complacency among us that causes us to remain silent while others continue in a state of suffering? Christ has set for us the example of responding to oppression with urgent compassion and relief. And he asks us to join him by becoming disciples who bear, fe bear fruit and are like yeast that leavens. This 13th chapter of Luke ends with Jesus' portrayal of the final judgment. He says there will be some who seek to enter heaven saying, Lord, Lord, we have walked with you and we ate with you. And yet Jesus will say to them, I do not know you, because they have not helped a neighbor in need. Yes, 
God is always working to bring about healing and freedom and justice. But we, too, have a role to play. Take a moment and consider a time when you have been moved by suffering or oppression. What would it look like for you to be actively engaged in remedying that situation? I hope that that question might wrestle in your soul in this coming week. And in the days ahead, may we continue to further recognize ourselves in this story of the bent-over woman. Together, let us seek the grace of understanding and naming the ways in which we both experience oppression and contribute to the oppression of others. We will ask for the courage of honest confession and repentance, and for the light of Christ to shine into our darkness, setting us free from all that binds us. As we awaken to our need for God's liberating love and forgiveness, we will again accept that power, the power given to us in our baptism through the Holy Spirit, to resist evil and injustice and oppression in the world in whatever forms they may present themselves. We will continue to pray the psalmist's prayer, asking for God to create in us new hearts, so that we may love generously and with the same urgency as did Christ our Lord. And we will support and encourage one another as together we seek to spread God's Sabbath shalom everywhere we go. Of course, in this season of social distancing, it may seem that our power to offer love and healing is limited but we can still find ways to bless others as we live out our faith at home. We can spread joy by smiling and waving even as we keep our distance. We can be intentional about reaching out and connecting with others by writing notes, sending cards, or making calls so that no one feels isolated or alone. We can check on our elderly neighbors and offer to deliver groceries or supplies. We can donate canned goods and monies to the food pantries, homeless shelters, and other agencies who are still working hard to care for the most vulnerable in our community. We can share our resources with those who are being economically hit by closures and layoffs. And we continue to, can continue to use our voice to advocate for justice and equality in our churches, in our communities, in our country, and in our world. In the midst of the storms of oppression, may we share with our world the Sabbath shalom that we have received from Christ as a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven, especially in such times as these. Thanks be to God. Amen.